The Quiet Carriage, the show about books and their authors, with your host, Paul J. Laverty, and sponsored by Castlemaine's signature bookstore, Stoneman's Book Room. Broadcast on 94.9 Main FM and across the nation on the Community Radio Network. All aboard. Welcome to The Quiet Carriage, with myself as your host, Paul J. Laverty on 94.9 Main FM and across the nation on the Community Radio Network and sponsored by Stoneman's Book Room. And we're here in Noongar Buja country in southwest Western Australia in partnership with the 2022 Margaret River Readers and Writers Festival. Natasha Lester is an international best-selling author of historical fiction and a former marketing executive for L'Oreal. Her novels have been translated into many different languages and are published all around the world. When she's not writing, she loves collecting vintage fashion, practicing the art of fashion illustration, and reading about history. Natasha Lester... Thank you for joining me today on The Quiet Carriage here as part of the 2022 Margaret River Readers and Writers Festival. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. You're one of the star attractions down here. Oh. <laughs> well, you had your own night last night at, at the brew. I did. Um, I was very lucky. They're very nice to me here. I had an event last year with them at a gin distillery and this That's year at right. a brewery. I think 
maybe they think I'm an alcoholic or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's been super fun. <laughs> how did it go? I did, sorry, I couldn't make it down, but how, how did it go? It was really fun. Um, I think more events should be, author events should be held at breweries over dinner. I think it's a very civilised way of doing it. So, no, we had we had a great time. That's great. And how does it feel to be back on the road, I guess, without this sort of COVID protocols that we we've had oh it's so good um you know i think we spend so much of our lives as writers just sitting in front of a screen by ourselves not kind of socializing Mm. then to get out and meet readers and you know chat to people who are as interested in the weird specificities of your book as you are it's a really great experience Mm. so is this a part of the job that you enjoy because some writers are quite insular they quite like to just stay by themselves. But do you do you enjoy this, going out meeting your readers? Yeah, I do. And um, maybe it's because, you know, when I used to work in marketing, um, particularly when I was at L'Oreal Paris, I had to get up in front of a room and present to 300 people the new products that mm. were coming up over the next six months. So I'm really used to you know public speaking and I actually really enjoy it so you know as I always say put me on a stage with a microphone in hand and watch out (laughs) so you're here promoting the three lives if I said this right Alex St. Pierre yes in fact that's um not out till October so I'm kind of in between books at the moment it's a kind of a weird place to be so the Riviera house came out last year that one's coming out at the end of this year so I'm sort of um I don't really know and when I when they emailed me I said I don't actually have a book to Mm. promote they're like oh no just talk about them all so i don't know i don't really know what i'm here to promote (laughs) so are the two books connected can you tell us a little bit about them sure so the riviera house and the three lives of alex st pierre aren't connected they're both historical fiction um and the riviera house which came out last year is about the nazi art thefts that took place Mm -hmm. in paris during the second world war from jewish families and about a woman called rose valland who was a, a real life person who worked her hardest over the wartime years to track and save those paintings and those artworks. And The Three Lives of Alex St. Pierre um, takes place a couple of years later. It's that post-war period where women who had been doing amazing, extraordinary things during the war were suddenly told that their skills were no longer needed and that they could needed to return to the kitchen and cook roast dinners for their husbands. And I wanted to look at how soul-destroying that must be have been for women right yeah and what is the attraction of historical fiction for you i think i mean most all of my books are about women doing something extraordinary or unusual for their time in history women who've been forgotten basically by the historical record so what i love to do is to find those women and to bring them back to people's attention and to say look these women were amazing and you should know more about them you know for example one of my books, The Paris Secret, is about um, Catherine Dior, Christian Dior's sister. And everybody's heard of Christian Dior. Mm-hmm. Everyone could tell you, you know, he makes dresses. Whereas Catherine worked for the resistance during the Second World War. She was sent to a concentration camp for months. She nearly died. She was a hero. You know, she fought for freedom. And nobody has ever heard of her. Mm-hmm. And I, the injustice of that is, I guess, what drives me to write historical fiction. I want to say, no, actually, it's that woman that we should know and revere, not necessarily always the man Mm -hmm. so i imagine you're a bit of a history buff yes are are you constantly on the lookout for for new material new characters yeah i guess so and i I mean largely these days uh the next book idea will come out of the research i'm doing for the previous book so i'll find something in there an anecdote or a, a story or a particular woman and i'll think oh 
I want to find out more about her, but she, you know, I've already got 130,000 words, so I can't mm. fit her into this book. So I'll have to save her for the next book or, or a subsequent book. So mm -hmm. yeah, it kind of works a bit like that. Mm -hmm. And do you find yourself a bit stuck what to do next? Or are you someone with a hundred books inside you? Um, no, I writers who say, oh, I've got a whole drawer full of ideas and they're mm -hmm. all competing for attention. I think, oh, that must be so nice and so relaxing because I'm uh, literally a one idea at a time kind of person. And it's quite stressful because I always get to a certain point when I'm through writing a book and I think, oh God, what if I don't have an idea for the next book? Well, what if I'm done? What if there's no mm -hmm. more ideas out there? But I've got to say, there have been so many women overlooked by history that unfortunately, I don't think I will ever run out of ideas. It's just a matter of finding them. Mm -hmm. And could you ever see yourself writing something contemporary? Or, or is this you? Yeah, so the last couple of books have been like dual narratives. So they have a historical thread and a contemporary thread. And particularly for the Riviera House, I really enjoyed writing that contemporary thread to the point where I said to my agent, you know what? One day I might just sit down and write a really fun rom-com because it would just be a nice breath of fresh air. Mm. Um, you know, not the heavy research load that you need to take on for a historical novel. So, so yeah, maybe. Right, okay. <laughs> and and am I right in saying you've got three children? Yes, I have. Right? Yeah. Yep. So what's your writing schedule like? Do you, do you have one or is every day different? Uh, no, I have a pretty strict writing schedule. I mean, up until now, I've basically been contracted to write a book every year. And so when you've got that kind of pressure, you need to be pretty organized. I'm pushing that out to one every two years now because okay. it's not sustainable for a long period of time. Um, but it basically means um, I get up at six o'clock every morning. I get the kids organized for school. I go for a run and then I'm at my desk by about half past eight, nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. And I work in sort of 25 minute blocks throughout the day. I, I find that if I sit and at my desk for just like two hours and don't move, A, it's really bad for my back and B, um, I'm less productive than if I write in short, sharp bursts. So I write for 25 minutes, get up for 10 minutes, write for 25 minutes, get up for 10 minutes, etc. And I just do that between nine and about 3.30 when it's time to go and get the kids from school. I guess you'd have to be quite structured because doing the research into the historical content must be really interesting and really fun. I guess you could go down a lot of tunnels that way. Yeah, oh, you could. And um, it's interesting. I'm a bit different to a lot of historical novelists who research and plan first and then sit down and write the book. I can't get my creative mind to work with a plan. I, I can never come up with a plan. I'm a, I'm a total pantser basically. I yeah, just right. sit down and write. So right. it means that I can't do a lot of research first because I don't really know what the story is yet. And so in some ways that's good because it means that I write this first draft and then that acts as my research scope or my research blueprint. So then I'm really researching to fill in all the gaps in that draft and to flesh out that particular story. So it does prevent me from going down those rabbit holes because mm. it's like, well, no, I don't need to research that because it doesn't fit into the story. So in some ways it kind of works out, I guess. Mm -hmm. And with the festival circuit heating up, are you, are you booked anywhere else for, for this year? We're just working on my um, tour schedule for um, October right as we speak, which will be exciting. So we'll be doing Adelaide, um, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney for sure. And very excitingly, I've just been invited to speak at the Gothenburg Book Fair in Sweden oh, in wow. September. So like that's my first international book fair wow. and I'm super excited. Like I can't even believe those words are coming out of my mouth. Um, but yeah, my, I can't wait. And it's perfect timing. It's school holidays. So my kids and my husband, we're all going to go um, back to Europe for the first 
first time since the pandemic. Um, we used to go every year, so we're all very, very excited. Wonderful. Yeah. That's great. So your book, is it the, the Riviera House? House? Yeah. Is that now? That's By right. Alan and, oh, sorry, Hachette. 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 Yeah. And then The Three Lives of St. Alex. Of Alex St. Pierre. Alex St. Pierre yeah. is out via Hachette uh, around October, you reckon? Yeah, um, September 28th, it's coming out. Yeah. Brilliant. Natasha Lester, thank you for joining me in the Choir Courage and enjoy the rest of uh, Margaret River Festival. Will do. Thank you so much for having me. You are listening to The Quiet Carriage on 94.9 Main FM and across the nation on the Community Radio Network and sponsored by Stoneman's Book Room. And we're here covering the 2022 Margaret River Readers and Writers Festival. Irma Gold is an award-winning author, editor and host of the Secrets from the Green Room podcast. Her debut novel, The Breaking, won the New South Wales Writers' Centre Varuna Fellowship and was awarded development grants by Arts, ACT and CAPO. 
It was published by Midnight Sun in March 2021 to critical acclaim. Irma, thank you for joining me today on The Quiet Courage as part of the 2022 Margaret River Readers and Writers Festival. Oh, it's so great to be here. <laughs> and we're roommates of a sort. We are. We're sharing, well, it's not really a studio, is it? More like a no. big corporate, isn't it? It is green, though. It is you green. know, in, in keeping with being adjacent to the green room. It is. Yeah, that's right. And you are, we're roommates because you are here as host of the very successful Secrets of the Green Room podcast. That's right. How long, well, give us, give us the pitch for people that haven't, uh, haven't heard of it before. So the podcast is really for writers. We interview writers about everything from, you know, the the writing process all the way through to the publicity and the publishing. So being Secrets from the Green Room, we're really interested into drilling down into the kinds of things that writers talk about in in green rooms, but not necessarily on the stage or in public. Oh, soup. Yeah, we talk a lot about the soup at this festival. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone is loving the soup. (laughs) <laughs> Highly recommended <laughs> by everyone here. Yeah. <laughs> but apart from that, we do try and also talk about some hard-hitting things. Yeah, so like industry. Industry things like. that, you know, particularly new writers don't yeah. know because uh, there's obviously a lot of different things that go on in, in the industry that mm-hmm. just aren't necessarily spoken about publicly. So yeah. it's also a great excuse for me to just talk to other writers, <laughs> which is the most yeah. fun. That's why I do it. Yeah. And do you find you pick up a lot from other writers? Oh, I love it. Like every conversation that I have, I learn something new or it reminds me of something I should be doing yeah. or, yeah, I just, I absolutely love it. Yeah, and yeah. it's a great excuse to meet writers who I haven't met before or talk more in depth with writers I already know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just yeah. love it. And you do quite longer form interviews, don't you? Yeah, so the, each episode goes for sort of, you know, 40 to 50 minutes. I have a, a co-host, Craig Cormick, so sometimes we interview people together, sometimes, you know, we we decide who we want to interview individually. Mm-hmm. And uh, we start every podcast with a little bit of a chat about a particular subject that we think is not normally spoken about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. And is this your first festival or do you, do you get to follow festivals around with it? Uh, this is the first, I'm trying to think, is it? Because the podcast has only been going a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the first festival that we've had an official partnership with. So mm-hmm. that's lovely. Mm-hmm. It's been great. That's great. And you're a published author as well. There's only so many hours in the day, and as much as I'm sure it is fun, can you see a time where you don't do it? Because it's, it's quite time-consuming. It is, oh, it's so time-consuming, isn't it? I remember um, talking to some writing friends before we started the podcast, and they and they had their own podcast, and they were like, it is more time-consuming than yeah. you think. And it really is, isn't it? Like the talking to the writers bit is the quick bit. You have to do all the research and read all the books if you haven't you know, already read all of their books. And then there's the editing, mm-hmm. you know, publicising, all of that. So, yeah, it is it is very time-consuming. Uh, but at the moment, I'm like we're both, both Craig and I are just loving doing it. So we've, we've been very lucky to get some grants to support the podcast. Mm-hmm. So let's hope it, it keeps going for some time. Mm-hmm. And where's your preferred uh, place that people find it and listen to it? 
Oh, it's available anywhere that you get your podcasts. Okay. So that's what I say as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah. And you're also here to promote your novel, your debut novel, uh, The Breaking, I know via Midnight Sun. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the book is set in Thailand. And it's about uh, two young 20-somethings, Devon and Hannah, who meet there. Devon has been living in Thailand for quite some time, so she's very comfortable. She knows the language, uh, whereas Hannah arrives and is just totally out of her depth, really um, just doesn't, doesn't know what she's doing there. She's struggling with, you know issues of identity and sexuality and but she's very taken by Devon who's very outspoken and brash and uh, really kind of sweeps Hannah into her orbit and together they begin rescuing elephants from the tourism industry uh, which is you know I've worked in in Thailand with rescued elephants around in a number of different projects that are all run by the Save Elephant Foundation which I'm an ambassador for so I really drew on all of those kind of experiences to to write the book mm-hmm. wonderful and I've heard quite good things about Midnight Sun as well Michael Burge I believe yes Tangwar came out it's yes. a fairly new kid in the block well, it's been going for, I think it's more than 10 years now, actually. So, right, but okay. I mean, I suppose that's still New Kid on the Block in, in some sense. So there are obviously newer publishers like Ultimo is one that's only been going a few years. It's doing yeah. great things. But yeah, they're, they're really, I, they really got behind the breaking. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the breaking came out in March last year so you know we're in the middle of COVID and all of that Mm. which has been really difficult for authors trying to get you know their book out particularly you know debut novel Mm -hmm. I was very lucky that I did get to do a I think it was a three-week book tour starting in Brisbane visiting you know a whole lot of bookshops all down the coast finishing in Melbourne which was fantastic but of course because you know with debut novels I think you know booksellers really hand sell the book a lot so it's really great to be able to go and visit them all and talk about the book and uh, but of course we had so many lockdowns yeah. that then, you know, the booksellers weren't really able to hand sell books, which was really sad. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of festivals, you know, the festivals that I was booked at for last year, they all got cancelled. So yeah. it was a difficult time to release a book. Um, having said that, I'm really grateful for the reception, which was just unbelievably overwhelmingly positive. I just, I think because I work in publishing as an editor, I'm a little bit cynical. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always sort of expecting the worst. But, you know, I didn't get a single bad review, for example, which just blew me away. And um, readers' responses were just wonderful. So it was, even though it came out in COVID, it was still an amazing experience. And I was very lucky. Yeah. It's particularly hard for debut authors as well. Mm -hmm. You know, trying to, like, raise a profile. It's hard to sell books if you're not there in person. If you're more established, you know, those are the sort of ones that people go to. But I think... Yeah, and especially being at events like this, it's just yeah. I was talking to Natasha Lester about this. I think that uh, during COVID, people really reached for the books that they already knew. So someone like Natasha Lester, she's she's published a lot of books. She's got a strong following, Mm -hmm. so people are thinking, oh, I'm going to go and buy that Natasha Lester book I haven't read. Mm -hmm. But for debut authors or even authors who are on maybe their second or third book and just Mm -hmm. don't have a really established following, I think all of those books struggled quite Mm. a lot during that period and and people were also doing things like going back to reading the classics yeah you know um 
yeah it was a, it was so i think overall the book trade did okay because yeah. people were buying a lot of books although in the later lockdowns i think everyone just checked out but i think you know there there were there was kind of a limited section of of the the market that was actually doing well mm -hmm. yeah so your podcast secrets of the green room from the green room from the green room is uh is out now everywhere uh yes. how often does it does it come out every three weeks every three weeks so look out for that and your novel your debut novel the breaking is out now via midnight sun Emma Gold, thank you so much for joining me on the quiet couch thank you for having me and let's enjoy this this wonderful fest yes let's <laughs> And that is all we have time for today on The Quiet Carriage, down here in Southwest WA for the Margaret River Readers and Writers Festival 2022. You can listen to us on 94.9 Main FM, the Community Radio Network, and across all good podcast platforms. And also a big thank you to our sponsors, Stone Man's Book Room, 
And also remember that you can find me across all the socials under the name Paul J. Laverty. Until next time, keep reading.